This is Jesse Ventura. You're listening to Children of the Adams. Ah, yes. Thank you, Governor, for that lovely intro. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to the Children of the Adams podcast. Uh, a quick note before we get to the uh, to today's movie. There were some minor audio issues on my end, but as you're hearing right now from my smoky pipes, uh, they've been fixed, and uh, we'll be back to our usual high quality on the very next show. So for now, please sit back and enjoy as we take a look at Silent Night, Deadly Night. Hello, everybody. We're back. Once again. Uh, for all those of you people that check out the show, we really, really appreciate it. I... Uh, for those who don't know, you can find us at our home on the web at adamsnurse.com. It is A-D-A-M-S-nurse.com. And wherever you are finding the podcast, uh, if you've been nice enough to leave a review for us, we greatly appreciate it. And if you haven't, why not do us a little uh, a little solid here and give us one headed into the holidays? Because uh, hmm. you, you think a lot of holiday movies are, are good, but I'm <laughs> sure it has a lot of you or have been people on the planet for a while. You know a lot of them aren't. And today's movie is... Oof. It, it, hmm. I told you it's, last it, last show that I we wanted this to be a little surprise, and you know this you you can thank me for this because this was my idea. So <laughs> good or bad, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I agree to it. So I have some onus in this one as well. But it was uh, going back to the '80s once again. Uh, a deep dive into 1984. Uh, the horror movie that was uh, Christmas based is Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yes. Uh, very independent, low budget. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's very very 80s horror in that you know it it fit a lot right along with uh you know the first Friday the 13th fucking you know the first Evil Dead it just has that kind of grindhouse like indie you know tone to it. You know what I mean? I find it hilarious that you say that yeah this this has a very independent film. I mean does it, it does. surprise you that TriStar Pictures is the one who produced this? You know what in in connection with like columbia pictures and hbo like these Get are all this is like they a, did not well i mean it's it's all you know companies that they they own but tristar was like the original on this so this is not what? this is not independent low budget get out of here there's no. no fucking way no i mean this had a budget of seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. we believe that i i could believe it i mean it looks like it oh yeah uh, it, it, they spared no expense man no but this Holy is shit. very much <laughs> In the vein of every horror film that came out in the 80s. Everybody, once Friday the 13th, I should say Halloween, and then Friday the 13th came along to become the first copy of that. Everybody else wanted to get on board and make a horror film, and this is really no different, (laughs) you know, than a lot of the other trash. You can see this movie's influence in one of the reboots of Halloween, Rob Zombie's take. I, I, I suppose so, yes. similarities, yeah, there are. Yeah, there you, you almost are. feel like, yeah, Rob Zombie might have watched this one a couple of times, too. I, I think <laughs> he's, like, oh, I think that guy has yeah. probably watched every horror film out there, and you know, For sure. repeatedly. Yeah. But I'm not I think trying to catch up to that, because there's a lot of bad ones, and this was no exception. Man. Yeah, this is, I mean, like so, I said. This is a proper, a proper studio movie, even though, correct me if I'm wrong, like, there's no, there's nobody famous in this movie, right? Well, there's one star in there. We'll get to it. Um, at least one person that I... I like the, the doctor lady, right? I, re- I thought doctor. I recognized her. Oh, uh, no, I'm sorry, the head nun. Mother Superior. Oh, she is. She is also a... I quote her in other horror quote. movies yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about some other people when, when we get to them. 
Yeah, I didn't recognize anybody from this movie. Really? Whatsoever. Okay, then you're going to be blown away oh, when we get oh, to it. No, no, no. Okay, I, I take that. I take that back. You have when, to. When this particular scene came up, instantly I was like, "Oh, was I, I was like, there's her." I was like, "I wonder." It's like, "Okay, yep, there we are." And okay. instantly it confirmed their identity. <laughs> okay, so, good. Yeah, I, 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 I know right away where you're going. Okay, I would have been shocked had you not picked <laughs> up on that. But we'll get to it when we get to it. Yeah, yeah. I completely blocked it out because it felt so, it was so out of place for the rest. Of, I, yeah. I, We'll get back to it. Yeah. Oh, damn. So, so these, you're like, this movie has a history, like apparently, right? It's, like there's, it's pretty there's interesting for, it. for a movie that I would say a lot of people have forgotten, at least not until recently. I think in the last, like this recently had its uh, 30th anniversary uh, kind of re-release where people have like began to rediscover what this movie's all about. Like this movie has a cult following now. Like they they've reprinted uh, the movie onto Blu-ray now. They've they've you know, cleaned it up, make it look real nice. I haven't ever seen it, um, but I, I, I would I would kind of like to now. But yeah, this movie. So this was coming out like I said when a lot of other like cheap horror movies are coming out right April Fool's yeah. Day uh, oh, yeah. you know all sorts of just like everybody was trying to catch on and and grab a, a holiday and try to you know make this one you know their little piece of that horror pie cuz like remember in right. the 80s especially in the early 80s man horror was just huge yeah, you could you could make it real cheap and make a lot of money on it. Friday the Thirteenth mm-hmm. like showed you you could do that. They churned those things out. By the time this movie came out, of what we were into, we had at least four Friday the Thirteenth movies that had come out already. By eighty four, yeah, I think that's that's probably a fair guess. Yeah, so yeah, interesting enough. So this one comes out, and basically this was this was the brainchild of a uh, of a college student who wrote this screenplay. And, and I don't remember what they, what he actually called it, but he actually, like, one of the studios bought it up, hated it, like, just absolutely hated the screenplay. He sees when you're sleeping. Is that what it is? is okay. What, that was the original title of the, short, of the short story. Okay. Yeah, they bought the rights to that, and they just hated everything about it, so all they wanted to keep was basically just the idea that Santa Claus goes on a killing spree. And this movie is made, it's put into production, filmed throughout 83, released in 84, and it, it's like released for like two weeks and it's doing, it did pretty well on a $750,000 budget. It made like 2.5 million in the first couple of weeks. And wow. I, I would also like, this will probably blow you away. It went head to head with another movie released on the same weekend. Do you know what that movie was? In 84? 84. Another horror movie? Another horror movie. You, you may not get this uh, and you're probably not going to believe it. Fri- or, uh, A big one? Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. Oh, my God. It went head-to-head and was beating it at the theaters. Get the hell out of here, really? Absolutely, yeah. It, it, but you said for two weeks. Why only two weeks? Good question. Because oh. all of a sudden, Jesus. it seemed like once this got out, like I've, apparently this is the story that previews for this movie was showing up like on during football games on Sunday and stuff like that. Parents uh-huh. saw this and were just outraged. Like oh. parent-teacher associations went on a rampage. They were picketing this movie at every theater was showing up. When this thing got reviewed on Siskel and Ebert, you can find this on, on YouTube, oh, okay. they shred this movie so far that uh, Gene Siskel like, publicly shames them by name. He's like the writer, this person. 
you know, you Jesus. are trash. Like he just, I mean, just tears them up. But they, okay, like not for nothing, but in '84, they knew this dude was made up, right? Well, it's like, what's spoiler alert, everybody. What's really funny about this is that the the whole premise and the whole idea is like we're going on this rampage because. Right. You can't, you know, you're, you're taking something sacred to children, like like Santa Claus, right? Santa Claus yeah. is going on a killing spree. Well, number one, if you watch this movie, it's not Santa Claus. It's a person no, dressed a as Santa shot. Claus. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But what's even funnier about it is the fact that this is not the first time that a movie has been made about Santa Claus going on a kill spree. The like, original... Uh... The, the the original Tales from the Crypt movie. Tales from Joan the Crypt, Collins. 1972. Yeah, they a, a killer. And they yeah. even remade it back in like 87 when the yeah, new Tales from the, the Crypt uh, came out. The Doctor from Lethal Weapon and the yes. uh, Dr. Giggles. Yep. And so they yeah. so you, you had that, but that was back in 72. Nobody gave a, or gave a damn about that. And there was an either another right. movie called Christmas Evil that came out in like 1980. Once again, it's about a Santa Claus that's going around killing people. But for some reason, this just stuck in their craw that they just had to make a big deal of it. So what happened is like this started making news, you know, getting more headlines, more headlines. And it got to the executives at TriStar and at uh, Columbia and HBO who have part owner who have a owner in common, which is uh, a big uh, soda company you may have heard of called Coca-Cola. Well, oh, yeah. Coca-Cola at this time, if you know anything about their advertising, they, they spent a lot of time in advertising with Santa Claus during the Christmas season. They practically invented the motherfucker, didn't yes, they? Yes, they, they reinvented yeah. a lot of the old, like, magazine covers, the Saturday night, uh, you know, post and that kind of stuff. These old oh, uh, yeah. Norman Rockwell old, uh, kind of pictures. Rockwell paintings, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, they had a vested interest in not having Santa Claus running around as a killer. Mm, uh, yeah, the backlash mm. was so much that after two weeks, they decided to pull this movie out of the theaters, even though it was succeeding. You know, they made two and a half million in two weeks and they yanked. You know how much they, there's no way they wanted to pull it. Oh, absolutely not. It was making Absolutely oh, not. Had they not they had gotten the pressure doing that. Yeah, yeah. from their parent companies, like, yes, they would have kept that in there. And like, if it was today, mm-hmm. like, nobody would even have thought about pulling it. They would say, I don't care. Just run with it <laughs> right. and let it go. Because yeah. it, it, I think it had that same syndrome of like, once you get some press, you know, whether it's bad or good. You're yeah, going to get more people, people to go and show this, you know? Yeah. But it's it's one of those things. It's the MPA coming down. It's it's parents at the time overreacting to something they knew nothing about. You know, this was rated R, so kids weren't going to be walking into that stuff. And if they were, you know, it's really on the parents <laughs> to keep their kids from going to see <laughs> right. this. But Man, no shit. Yeah, they just, they, they went overboard on it, fought it, and I guess they won on this one. So, you know, so much for the First Amendment on that one. <laughs> Right. Or free speech. I don't know. It's not really the government saying they can't do it. So I guess it's not a real infringement on that right. But yeah, I I disagree with with what happened then. But yeah, that was 30 years ago. So. But that's it's 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 got an interesting backstory to it. Like I once you start digging into this thing, you, you realize that this is not just some, you know, low budget independent film. No, this has a. It had a real budget, it had real production, it had distribution, and it made money. It just a lot of it. In yeah, just two weeks. Damn. It just got hammered by the general public who 
at that time, I guess, had enough of horror movies, didn't want to see it. So I guess if, if that didn't happen, I, who knows, we may not have like what, seven or eight Freddy movies that we have today. (laughs) Right. Did it, uh, did it go straight to VHS? Is that what kept it alive? Cause you said this, this became a franchise. Like there's more than one of these movies, right? Yeah. So this, it, after it disappeared, like back in, it, it took like four, three or four years before like interest got into this thing again because they made the second movie. If you haven't seen it, we'll, we'll discuss a little bit more about what the second movie is. <laughs> um, but that that has a real cult following too. It's really ridiculous. Okay. And yeah, they ended up making a third and a fourth part. And then eventually they kind of rebooted, rebooted this series Golly, was it, it? It must have been like 2012. I don't have it up in front of me, but like, is that the one with Goldberg where he played Evil Santa? No, Santa no, Slay. close, close. This one had Malcolm McDowell starring in it. Um, if you, if you don't know Malcolm McDowell, I yeah, like I, mean, I love Malcolm McDowell, but he yeah. also showed up like in the Halloween reboot as Loomis. He was uh, Loomis. Yeah, and I believe I've never seen I've never seen this reboot, but it does have that real flashy MTV style to it. You know, lots of quick cuts, quick action, over-the-top kills, and a lot more gore than this movie ever did. Um, oh boy! Okay, so just for, just for some, just for a little bit of background here, uh, the reboot that came out in 2012 on a budget of almost four million dollars made 114 grand. Yeah. Which and I wow, credit it all dude. to this movie and because that's, yeah, I almost, know that's almost like exactly the you know, the flip side of what the fucking the original did. Yeah, this is a movie that does like this one we're going to review today has a cult following today. It was, you know, basically kind of forgotten for a couple of years. The and then the sequels came out, but the love for this really came out, you know, within the last few years when this thing was celebrating its 30th anniversary. It had a very big research. Like I said, this thing has a Blu ray release. You know, the, the, the actor who starred in this thing, they, he was for the longest time, like absolutely hated this film. He didn't want to talk about it. It was a blight on his career because of all the negative response to it. But oh, he's yeah. recently embraced that now. I think he shows nice. up at, at horror cons. You know, he, he definitely showed up at a 30th anniversary screening for this thing to talk about it. You oh, know, that's cool. That makes, yeah, that makes me feel really happy if somebody can, because I, I don't believe that this guy pr- truly thinks that this was just like a, a blemish on his career. I think he didn't want to talk first, about it. Was it was his first movie, and he he was the absolute star of it. Like, you know what I mean? He had to be excited about it at the time. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I get it. You wouldn't want to talk about it if it had such a negative reaction. It would, you know, it would kind of be right. a stain. But yeah, it's good to see that people would embrace it and say, okay, yeah, I can finally embrace it myself. And hey, by the way, make a few bucks off it too. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, it's it's uh it's pretty interesting, you know, on the back end, and I guess we should get into talking about what this movie is so about. Cause. The contro- the controversy why it was pulled wasn't about the content of the film, which arguably it could have been. It was just the fact that it was a kid dressed as Santa doing the murdering. Basically, that's that's what oh, it, that's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, it's it's awfully ridiculous. It would have been like, folks, go watch the movie. You'll find something different to protest about. I promise you. Exactly. Well, isn't isn't that how most things are when you get when people get up in arms about something? It's not. Yeah. Most times, people don't know what they're screaming about. They haven't seen or read the books that they're complaining about. But they're like, you know yeah. what? I've heard about this. This is bad. Yep. Let's ban it. You know, and you just mm-hmm. no. You know, if you don't want to see it don't watch it. You know, that's, that's what I say. You know, I'm, I'm all for, 
you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly of, you know, artistic expression. Look, like it's, it's the same thing with like, you know, pornography or anything like that. Like, look, it, it's not, some people want, won't want to watch it, but if you don't, don't watch it, you know, don't, don't provide, don't contribute to it. And yeah. that's the way you protest it. You can't just Spend silence people elsewhere. because it's you don't like it. Idea. Yeah. That's yeah, my, yeah. that's my little message on for the artist. So, um, yeah, <laughs> but this was, this was the first time you'd ever seen this movie. Is that correct? Oh yeah. Yeah. First yeah. time. And I, Hmm. probably the last i'm not sure yeah man this was this is not an easy watch for me like it was just ah wow i i can see where you're at i never would have thought a a proper studio was behind this never in a million years would would i have said that no and yeah and i get it i get it because it is it feels independent yeah but besides you know the the you know the the one obvious horror icon you know who was in the movie uh an unknown cast like they they used uh they just found local actors wherever they made this fucking movie, right? Pretty. It sounds like yeah. They, this was filmed in Utah, so I don't know. And that's where they found everybody who who showed up in it, like basically like a CW show. It sounds. I mean, it looks like it, in right? In every CW show, yeah. Yeah. I doubt they fought. They flew people in from California to start no, this thing. No fucking way. You know, I, I'm sure they put out a casting call in Utah and just said, "Hey, do you want to be in a movie about Christmas?" And some of them probably showed up and said, uh, this is not what I expected, but hey. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I read the uh, the guy who started it, uh, he didn't actually, his girlfriend uh, like kind of urged him out. He wasn't an actor before this. So she just kind of begged him to audition and he did. And yeah. he just got the part. I, and I get it. Like the guy's got to look to him. He he's. I think he fits a role for this thing. He's he's. You know, I would say Whoa. a good look, a good looking young guy. Um, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say that he's got a lot of acting chops or charisma in this not film. Not so much. Yeah, yeah, not so much. He downplays the acting, um, but I think he fits in the role. <laughs> he downplays it like Seagal does, motherfucker. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Oh man. Yes. Yeah, except I don't. I don't think this guy walked around like punching people on set. You know? I really hope not, because he was this. This he was in super good shape in this movie. Like, you know what I mean? We'll we'll talk about it because he's got some so Michael weird. Myers strength in this thing. He really does, man. Like out of nowhere. Like, and that's okay. Uh, do you want to lead it? Give us a quick synopsis of the plot here before we start just picking it point by yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. So basically, okay. okay. So this movie starts off in 1971, where we we're riding in in the middle of Utah with a with a nice young family and we're introduced to our main character Billy and i think he plays about a 5 year old in this kid in this in this scene you know he's sitting in the back seat and they're driving off to visit grandpa at, at an insane asylum and yeah they Jesus. so while they're the parents some reason you know leave Billy alone with grandpa and grandpa tells Billy that you know if you're if you're not uh good you know you're naughty santa will punish you well on the way home i mean this traumatizes young billy billy doesn't want to be around santa claus but on the way home uh the the family is accosted by a santa claus on the side of the road who happens to be just a stick-up thief you know a, a, a criminal who tries to carjack them basically kills the father rapes the mother or at least sexually assaults the mother and ends up killing her leaves his younger baby brother, Ricky, alone, and then tries to find Billy, who ran off out of the car and disappears. 
So we we pick up Billy a few years later. He's been he's been him and his brother have been stuck at an orphanage, and he is completely abused by the mother superior who's there. And we we learn a little bit more about Billy until Billy reaches his 18th birthday, where he has to get a job. Now that he's 18 and has to be starting transitioning out of the orphanage, gets a job at a place called Ira's Toys in town. Um, young Billy is complete, continuing to be traumatized whenever he sees Santa Claus, but he's trying to work through his past, just trying to get a get a job done. Uh, meets a young lady there, but one one night at Ira's Toys, he's forced to fill in as a Santa Claus uh, for little children and. Then sees the young girl he's trying to woo, basically going off of somebody else, and this just sets Billy off in a rampage, and he begins goes on a killing streak throughout town. Eventually, makes his way back to the orphanage because I, you know, he's, he I think his ultimate goal is try to kill Mother Superior. Um, but once he's there, he just about gets to Mother Superior, but he's shot by local police, uh, and at the very end, you know. Billy tells the kids in his dying words that they're all safe now because Santa is dead. But not before the we get to credits, Ricky, his younger brother, is standing right by the axe, and it pans right up to his face as he's looking down at the axe, and he says, naughty. Assuming that this oh. is a story to be told in future sequels that do in fact come, and we'll talk about it at the end of the end of the review of this thing. So that's that's basically Man. a highbrow overview of this thing. There's a lot of stuff that happens in this movie. Um, happens and doesn't happen, as you will probably agree with me. Uh, but, yeah. But we'll get into it. So we'll let's start off with the opening scene here, where we get we do have our family driving along, and young Billy is sitting back there, and he's all excited about Christmas. He will he wants to see Santa Claus, and yeah, for some reason they're visiting Bill uh, Billy's grandfather in an insane asylum, which I think is very very strange. What did you think of Grandpa? I thought he looked pretty evil. Like he, like he really creeped me out. Like that, how he just sprung to life on the kid. Like I don't know why. Like these parents didn't. Hmm. I don't. I don't think I'd have left Billy alone. No, with Grandpa like, for any amount of time. These are the worst. Like who leaves a, a five-year-old kid in an insane asylum? <laughs> Right. <laughs> to go talk with the doctor. They're like, here, you stay with grandpa who's who's already yeah. catatonic. I guess they feel like he's not going to say a word to him. You just stay there with him. But apparently that's the moment he was waiting for. It was just little Billy on his own so he could spring to life and threaten the shit out of him. Yeah, he he really like I I really like grandpa in this film. Like he's so like you said, he's, he he's creepy. creepy and he reminds yes, he me of um, old. What's his name from Friday the 13th? Uh, dang it. His name is escaping me. Um, but you know, you know, what I'm talking about the, you're going to camp blood, aren't you? Oh, Ralph. Old Ralph. Yeah. Crazy Ralph. Old Ralph. Yeah. yeah. That's who he kind of reminds me of, which I, I kind of feel like they were ripping him off a little bit on that. Cause he's got that same kind of twangy accent. He's like, you better yeah. be good. You know, <laughs> you know, cause gr- uh, Santa Claus is going to get you. You know, it's like, he's almost like a Chucky doll come to life, says some few words. And then once the parents come out again, he just like goes back to like nothing, like just staring forward and doesn't say anything. It's really kind of funny. Yeah. They really wasted no time in that setup. No <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. For a movie that I will tell you that, uh, and you know, it takes a while. Uh, there's a lot of setup in this movie before it Man, gets going. So much. We'll, I couldn't believe how quick of a runtime it was and how like just slow it, it was in, in, in chunks. Yeah. So the first 30 minutes of this movie 
is all set up of, of how we get to the serial killer. So if you yeah. know horror movies from this, this time, you spend the movie kind of getting to know your victims and then you have the killer going around and killing people. And it's not until you yep. get to like three or four movies into the, into the, you know, sequel or three or four sequels into the future that you actually say, okay, we're going to explore the background of the killer. I will yeah. give this movie because credit. The, because the way they set the killer up in this one, like it's confusing because they set him up almost like, you know, we're, we're definitely supposed to feel sorry for him. And then I, like, you know, halfway through fucking, uh, or uh, coming into the second act, we're supposed to be like, okay, this guy's, we're supposed to despise him now, but really it's like this poor kid. You it know? is. Like, you know what I mean? It yeah. is strange. Yeah. Cause I, like I said, I'll give this movie credit for trying to do something a little different than the other movies that were, they were dishing out. Cause they're like, well, we yeah. want to give the backstory to the killer now, and then we will set him loose. Right. It's just, yeah, but it takes 30 minutes, like 30 minutes on a horror film. Like you've got to get to the killing sooner because the first kill that we get in this, in this movie is not what I would call a good horror kill. It's not a titillating kill. It's anything like that. It's kind of brutal in its sense. It's the gas station robbery, right? Yeah, so you get to the gas station. Well, I'll, you can go beyond that because I, I kind of forget about that. Yeah, that's the first victim. He get like, the, the gas station owner gets killed because we find out, yeah, he's being held up by a guy in a Santa suit. This guy in the Santa suit breaks down on the side of the road. He meets our family there and... This children is why you never stop for hitchhikers or anything on the side of the road. This this is this should be a good lesson for you. You know, you don't stop right. for crazy that people on the side of the road. It's like anybody standing in the middle of the road on a dark highway and I'm behind the wheel in a Santa suit quite differently. Yeah. yeah, I fucking tell you that. Yeah, yeah. you're either turning right around or you're zooming right by. Or I'm not pinged, stopping. Yeah, pinned to the floor, dude. We are yeah. fucking rolling through. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. yeah, so this yeah Santa Santa like. He flags him down. The, the yeah. father wants to be a good guy. And he, he says, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And then, hey, son, you know, you get to see Santa even, after all. <laughs> okay, so can we get to that? Even the dad doing something kind of altruistic felt out of character because he's he's portrayed as kind of a dick like the whole time, like in this movie. So I don't know where he's going to get a heart and try to pull over and help somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. It felt like a weird choice. Yeah, it, it like there's a lot of things in this that doesn't make sense. I think this, <laughs> you can yeah. tell the the way this movie was written and directed Oof. it's it's not from a person who totally understands characters <laughs> and and to a point horror films itself as as, yeah. as they as we've come to know you know they're they're just showing like we want a killer on here we want to like at least try to get into the mind of the killer and then set the killer loose and then just end the film <laughs> you know you know we don't get the normal setup of of our of our characters that we our, our main protagonist, right? Because generally in most of these horror right. films, like I said, like our protagonist is going to be one of the victims who is constantly trying to get away. They're our mm -hmm. end point and they're being pursued by a madman usually. You know, we don't get that. Where this movie wants you to follow along in Billy's shoes and say, I love Santa. Grandpa tells me that Santa's bad. Now I don't want to be around Santa. And hey, father, yep. yeah, you're going to force me now to go out and see some weird dude in a Santa suit who by his own admission says, oh, this guy's probably going to a party anyway. He's probably drunk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is not who you want to do. But he ends up, yeah, like trying to carjack the couple. Dad tries to put it in reverse and get away. But this, man, this Santa, he's a crack shot, man, with this pistol. He really he, is, dude. He nails two people in the in the head. You know, hits the, yeah. hits the store clerk and then hit the father. And then goes over there, pulls the wife out. And... 
Like, I don't know why they had to like turn this into like a sexual assault. Yeah, that was weird. It's, it's more disturbing. Like, yep. Normally when you have like tits show up in a horror film, it's there to titillate the audience, right? I mean, because that's what goes hand in hand, right? There's this... That's the horror rule. It's like they're breaking one of the cardinal sins. Correct. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And this one is not, not one of those lady. things. This lady no. was just being brutalized. Yeah, yeah, she just pulled out of the car. Like, it felt very Rob Zombie, and it's in like very premature of him. Yes. It just felt mm-hmm. like a, this visceral need. And I and I will say that there there is some reason to this, and I, I will talk about this more as we go. Well, I'll just bring it up right now. In fact, the, the reason why I think that they are showing this is because they want to establish in this next 30 minutes that there is a connection for Billy between sex and violence and Santa Claus. Yeah, okay. Like, because they're going to, because as we get to the end of this, as he, the Santa kills him or kills his mother, you know, while ripping open and exposing her tits. We, we jump forward a couple of years and we see Billy in an orphanage and Billy is having a hard time. Like clearly this kid has been traumatized. He's drawing pictures of like Rudolph and Santa with their heads cut off. Yeah. <laughs> and instead of like, like saying, okay, this kid's got problems, you know, mother superior sees it and says, well, you need to be punished for this. <laughs> you know, this is very bad stuff. So they're, once again, they're trying to establish that, you know, they're everybody around you. Well, I guess, I guess what Mother Superior, like her line is like punishment is absolute. Everybody punishment has to be doled out, you know, and I'm the one who to, who's going to do that. And maybe she's saying in some way that, you know, as you get older, you're going to have to dole out punishment too, you know, whether it's with your kids or whatever. I, I don't know if I got that out of the movie, but I'm just kind of guessing. That. Yeah. Sounds like Catholicism, man. You yeah. fucking nailed this. But this this gets me to like one of the craziest scenes of this, right? So he, he does all that. He he oh, he draws dude, the pictures so and Mother Superior sends him to his room, right? And then yep. the very kindly um, nun who's working with Mother Superior, she comes in, right? And she's all like, you know, Billy, oh, I care for you. I want to see what's, you know, I want to, you know, show you or, or give you everything that'll make you better, right? So she says, yep. you know what? You don't have to be in your room. Go out and play. So... He as he as he's walking out to go play, he he comes by a door that's that's closed. He's looking through the keyhole and he sees two people. I don't know. These are these orphans too, just like older orphans. I have no idea. Like I don't know if it's ever established who these two people were. Yeah, like I couldn't figure out who they were, but they're having sex in a room, and Billy's you know watching it, and then Mother Superior comes and catches him, and. Yeah. She gets and then pissed beats off. The couple with a belt. <laughs> yeah, rips a belt. It's very, like, it's very masochistic and stuff like that. Like, it's kind of like, yeah, you you feel like like the director almost would have had his hands in adult films or something because like he wants <laughs> to really like bring out all these, I don't know, tropes. You know, it yeah. feels very seventish in its in its way. Yeah, for but yeah, sure. this nun going in there and beating these two people with a belt, and then goes to a lot Ricky. Of uncomfortable moments in this yeah, movie. Finds Ricky outside, and then gets pissed off at him because he's like, "You left your room, Ricky. You need to be punished." And then the other nun is just standing there, and she doesn't say a word. Like it's kind right. of messed up because you know, she's the one who gave him permission. But yeah, so we she, yeah, Ricky gets or not Ricky, but uh, Billy gets Billy. taken back to his room and then beaten with that same belt. Yep. And then Billy is just completely traumatized, you know, even more, 
you know, understanding that once again, there's this tie between sex, violence, and punishment. Yeah. And, and Christmas then, uh, time. And then Christmas time in the orphanage comes up. And we, we oh man. Say, this is a pretty weird, pretty weird thing for me. Cause it's, you know, a lot of organized religion, they don't really lean too heavily into the Santa mythos. You know, Especially the Catholic Church. Direct argument against, right, yeah, against what they fucking preach, like literally, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, this is another reason why the Catholics, it, it did not portray the Catholic Church in the best light here, like it needs any help with that, <laughs> you know? I'm it sorry, I, do, I don't mean to offend anybody who's Catholic out there, but I just, I'm just kind of going off what I know. But yes, so the yeah. Catholic Church, this was not looked upon very highly by anybody who was Catholic or anything like that too, because it's like, oh, this yeah. makes, yeah, nuns look just like completely evil and stuff like that. Even though I've heard many stories from people saying that, yes, like if they went to school with nuns, yeah, they usually got hit by a stick or something like that. So yeah, not right totally, on the knuckles, man. yeah, not totally off base, but hey, but yeah, it's, it's very interesting because like we cut to Christmas morning, right? In the orphanage and the yeah. kids are, the kids are all there opening presents. And I find this hilarious that like right away, they're opening their presents. These are orphans. They're just, they're, they're finally getting some joy out of life. And Mother Superior is standing there seeing like, oh, all I see is greed and selfishness. <laughs> like, yeah, no gratitude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, these are orphans, man. I mean, like, this mm -hmm. is all they have. <laughs> like, like generally, like when these, these are like all donated gifts, usually by people who's like, yeah, I, this is the crap that I didn't buy for my kids. So here, here, let's, let's give it to an orphanage or something. Give it right. to a church. So I just, I thought it was hilarious. And then, yeah, for some reason they bring Santa in after the kids, you know, yeah, open their that, gifts. That's when Mother Superior decides like the only way to break Billy of his fear of Santa is to have him sit on Santa's lap. And then Billy throws a hell of a punch and completely floors Santa. Yeah, the next, I mean, this kid wound up and swung. I'm, like he fucking knocked the shit out of that guy. I'm telling you that Michael Myers strength is just, it started early with Billy. <laughs> like, yeah, like this guy like Dude, flew like not out of the chair. Flew. Like he flew off the chair onto the ground. Yeah, man. It was. Look, there were, okay, by, by and large, mostly up until this point in the movie, I was rolling my eyes. I'm not outright shaking my head in disbelief, just like, why am I watching this? But there, this was one of the moments that I just kind of like, like I smirked a little bit. I was like, right, that was kind of funny. And there are, there's little sprinklings like, like that throughout this entire movie where a lot of it was really terrible to watch, but there, there were little pockets of like, okay, that was kind of funny. Yeah, this movie has some charm, charming parts to it. You know, yes, like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know if I, I wouldn't use the word charming. Oh, I would, I would, because <laughs> yeah, I. Just me. This movie does have a little place in my heart. It's a guilty pleasure, but. Oh boy. But I, I, yeah, like I, I agree with you though. Like this is one of those moments that makes you smile because remember we're in that first thirty minutes right now. Where we're setting up this yep. this thing, and you're just like, when are you gonna get to the kill here, right? I mean, it's like, yeah. I want to see. You know, Jason, especially if you are a child of the 80s and you didn't watch this like when it came out or even if you did right. and you, you watched Friday the 13th, part one, two, three and four. And you realize, yeah, we, we, we spent the first 15 minutes learning about our characters and then the killer is already there. Right. And the killer is stalking people. So you're already on edge. This movie doesn't have any of that because we don't know. Number one, we're supposed to not know who the real killer is. Right. We're just. Like, Correct. we're smart enough and sophisticated enough to know that, yes, Billy is going to end up being a killer. He's going to get pushed over the edge. For sure. But, you know, I wonder if that's what they were going for is like, oh, we're going to keep this kind of a mystery to see what happens. But, but yeah, like, it's really, it's, it's terrible because Mother Superior is just terrible throughout this film because, yeah, 
she, this kid is obviously traumatized and her method of curing this kid is, well, I'm just going to do that through violence and sheer will of saying, yep. you need to suppress this, get over it, go on with your life. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. pretty crazy. And, you know, she, she deserves a lot more than she gets in this film, but yeah, you, you did mention so, that you'd, you'd recognize mother superior, right. From other films. What do you remember? What other films you actually remember seeing her from? I, I can only place her in one other film that I've, I can actually think she of. She played a doctor in one of the nightmare and Elm street movies. Did she? I want to say she was in God damn it. Was it uh, the first dream? Was it dream warriors? What was that lady's name? Ooh, in in the in the psych ward. Yeah. Um, her name is I have. I got her. Uh, Lillian Shaven. Yes, Lillian Shaven. Oh, she was a predator too. Yes, that's the movie that I know her from. She was the one who was analyzing the 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 dart of unknown metals for. Right. That's the only place I remember her from. Apparently, she was in Catch Me If You Can. That that's a really good movie. If you haven't seen that one, I don't remember. Was she DiCaprio's mom in that? I guessing i don't remember her in Maybe. that movie and apparently she was in universal, she's in universal soldier, soldier as well soldier too don't yeah. remember her in that one either shit i guess she's not the lady from the nightmare Elm street movie who the fuck am i thinking of then <laughs> i don't know i guess i didn't recognize this lady from jack shit yeah i, I would have thought <laughs> so. you probably would have recognized her the same as me from uh predator 2 but i guess not <laughs> i see it now like for sure now that i read it, i'm like oh that that's totally that lady but yeah no i i, I did not place that before yeah yeah but this this will take us on to our the, it, to the, the to the top of the second act, which is kind of weird because like it, we we just fast uh, flash right forward ten years, and we can only assume that Billy has had another decade of uh, of nurture and care of the same from Mother Superior. Yeah, so, for for yes, just, you know, just total abuse. Right, and then the the it starts with uh, the the other nun who was trying to help him. Like she's actually interviewing for her, for him for a job, basically at this toy store. Yeah, Sister Margaret is her name, the, by the way. Right, and the guy's like, I don't want to give a job to no kid, and you know, it it's a hard it's hard work. It's it, it's man's work back in this toy store. Yeah, lifting toys. <laughs> right, yeah, and I was like, okay, sure. But then you know, it, it, we get a smash cut to Billy, and you know, the kid played him. He's he's fucking. He looks like Captain America, basically. Yeah, like, Robert you know, Brian Wilson. When Chris Evans popped out of the pod, that's exactly what Billy looked like at 18. I, that's a good, that's a good comparison. I think, um, yeah, you know, maybe just slightly smaller, but yes, he's like, he's kind of hulking, you know, it's, it's almost, sure. it's almost like, I, I would actually make it more of a comparison. Like he's almost red Brown. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's just country, country thick. Yes. Just, yeah. A corn <laughs> yeah. fed dude. That's just, yeah. yeah. Monster arms. And right. yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah. Ira, Ira's toys there. Yeah, you know, he, he says, sees him. He's like, "Oh, that's that's a good laborer right there." Yeah, yeah let's put I, this kid to work. And then we we cut to like a a a fucking out of nowhere like redneck twangy kind of fucking country western uh, musical number, like a montage of just Billy doing Toy Story shit, like it's a fucking commercial for Toys R Us. And yeah, so uh, there's two things here. The one thing I love this toy store <laughs> because there's so many old toys in there that I thought were so cool that I wanted as a kid that could never yeah, have. There was some cool looking shit in the background. Oh, I'll give you that. absolutely love that. But secondly, what, one of the charming things about this movie, and you may not have known this, most of the songs in this thing are were specifically made for this movie. 
Like get the hell out like of here. Like that song you read, that one, the the you know the the Christmas Carol that plays on there about you know have yeah. you been good have or bad? That was specifically made for this movie. There was a soundtrack made for this movie that was what? never released because this movie was pulled, so they never released the soundtrack on this. But there is a ton of original music in this thing too. They, wow. I, this movie, like I said, it's it's got so many things that are going for it. Like, I always just wonder what could have been had this movie not been pulled after two weeks. You know, where it that would be so in the culture zeitgeist. Man, that, that, when that country song came on, man, that, that was the first time I was like, I'm in a different movie. Yeah, I'm literally watching a different it movie It doesn't right now. fit. I agree with you. It does kind of like, <laughs> it changes the tone, but I, I guess they were wanted to go with, you know, this, this everything's going great for Billy. Because, so we, did, we didn't talk about this, man. like, the actual director of this film, uh, a gentleman named Charles E. Cellier. So this uh-huh. guy, this guy is, is an actual, a person that you would never believe would actually do a horror film. Like he's known for like doing like Grizzly Adams and like old timey. Yeah. Grizzly Adams and like old timey, like, 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 biblical uh shows and 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 weird stuff like television stuff like yeah. this guy n- had no experience in in horror anything like that like so much to the point that apparently he could not f- do or direct any of the actual killing scenes in this film all the killing scenes had to been uh, conducted by the writer and second unit director of this film it's, why is that he just, he didn't want to do him. He couldn't handle it. It wasn't like he, he, he didn't have a stomach for it, which. Holy crap. Like, why do you sign on to direct a horror film? If you can't do that, like the whole reason a horror film exists is to show the killing scenes, right? The, yeah, the, the actual quote unquote horror of the film. And not for nothing. There were a couple of good ones in here. Yes. And there yeah, were. credit the second unit director yeah. for that. <laughs> so. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, all the drama goes to the, to Charles Sillier. <laughs> yeah. Know, everything else just goes, oh, I couldn't do it. Somebody else do it. So, oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. Very, very kind of, very strange. Like, it, uh, yeah, weird choice. I, I don't know why, why they went with him, but that's who they got. Uh, but yeah, I guess maybe that, that explains a little bit of it. Yeah. He wanted to really show this happy go lucky grizzly Adams type moment where we're just kind of playing around the store. Billy's, you know, having this nice flirtation with this young woman who works in the store. And apparently he's putting up with uh, some shit from the other guy who's back there. Um, is that, is that, was that good? Yes. You're not the first person to say that, man. That's funny. You got that. Yeah. He does have a, a very Joe Pesci look to him. Instantly. I thought like if this dude is related to Joe Pesci, then fucking, he needs to just start selling people on that. Cause he could pass as a cousin or a brother for sure. Was he, was his character named Tommy as well? Oh God. I don't remember his fucking name. I, I I just remember his hair and like his super dapper outfits. Yeah. He had the, he always had like his collars up and everything like that. And just so cool. Yeah. Looking like he, like some shit out of Saturday night fever. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I find it hilarious because this Iris store doesn't look like a really big store. Right. But but apparently they they need like, they need a whole staff to run up front and cash people out. And then they need like a warehouse supervisor and Billy to do warehouse stuff, which 
I feel like there's not a lot of stuff in the back that would require the supervision of one person, right? No, I don't think you need a front end back end manager at that place. No, but I, but I guess that's what it was. Like he, Tom, or I'm going to go with his name, Tommy. I think his name was Tommy, but we'll go with that. We'll just call him Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I think they were going for that. And like, but apparently they're supposed to be setting up that. Yeah. Once again, Billy is taking shit from him because Billy's sitting there eating lunch and drinking oh, milk. His name is Andy, not Tommy. Andy. Andy. Okay, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. Andy's giving to- or Billy shit though, you know, for like the entire time, like for seemingly no reason. No like, reason. No, yeah, he's it, just a dick. Like, it, this is the same town this kid's always been in, so it's known that he's had it rough. But this guy's just out here just flipping him shit every chance he gets for no reason at all. Like it seems. Do you think maybe it's because like the other girl was showing interest in Billy? Cause I, cause Maybe. we know Andy was like all into this girl too. And we'll, we'll see a little bit later here how much, how much he is into her. Um, yeah. but, but let's, okay. Yeah. Let's, let's just skip forward to that because we get to a point in this film where yeah, Billy's he's gone through, everything's going good for a couple months. I think they start in October cause there's Halloween yeah. stuff up. We get to Christmas and it turns out like on Christmas Eve, uh, the guy who plays Santa, ends up breaking his ankle or something and can't come in to be Santa on Christmas Eve. So Ira, who uh, is the toy owner, like he goes to Billy and just says, you know, I don't want to dress up as Santa. So, hey, Billy, I need you to dress up as Santa. And I guess Ira doesn't know his backstory or something like that. So, Well, no, he does because later on when Billy reminds him of his parents are dead, he goes, oh, that's right. Oh, Jesus, he does. So, So yeah. He clearly knew. Everybody in this film is just just shit, yeah. And and did you you recognize uh, uh, Mr. Sims, Ira Sims, from anything you've seen? I'd seen him in other places. I've... I, I couldn't kind of, like I couldn't pull one off the top of my head though, but I know I've seen him other places. He just you don't forget his face. Yeah, the the, the place that I absolutely remember him from is uh, Gary's uh, father in Weird Science. <gasps> That's it, Weird Science. Weird yes. Science. That's where I know him. But apparently, he showed up in the last Starfighter, and he was in the Great Outdoors and an episode of Tales from the Crypt. As, he was the guy who got struck by lightning in the great outdoors. Was remember? he? Okay. I, I yeah. couldn't place where he was he in the, that film. He had the stammer because he got struck by lightning so many That's times. That's what it was. He had the gray streak in his hair. Yeah. He, he's one of those guys who just like <laughs> shows up randomly as a character actor yeah. and just random stuff. So, yeah, I, I was it was kind of nice to see like a familiar face, but somebody that you're like, yeah, where do I know him from? Okay, yes. But, yeah, he plays a real dick, you know, by making – making Billy dress up as Santa and Santa, like he's, he's got to sit there. Not, not only the fact that he's being traumatized by this, but I imagine like playing Santa, like a mall Santa has got to be one of the worst jobs in the world. Like, oh, for sure. Uh, the guy's name is Britt Leach. Britt Leach. Yes. The, the thank character you. Character we're looking for here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Billy, Billy does, he, he does his role as Santa. He's making children cry, which, okay. Uh, can, can we pause here for a quick second? Yes. Up until this point, like basically every time he, Billy was presented with an image of Santa Claus, like and understandably so, he would get get just uh, he would completely break down. Like you could just like he would just like, get covered in sweat. He was clearly having some like some traumatic flashbacks of, of the night it happened. Like anytime you saw an image of Santa, that would happen. So they just gloss over the fact that someone managed to convince him to put on an entire Santa suit. 
like yeah. in a timely manner as well. Like, you know what I mean? Like how, how do they just skip over that when any other time we had seen him guy literally shuts down and can't do shit. Like, exactly. That, I felt like that was an important scene to watch his whole, his whole mental breakdown is trying to put in, get into that thing, you know? Yeah. Cause especially because just before that, there's a, a dream sequence where he's in bed, you know, naked with the girl that he's wooing there at the uh, store. Pamela. Pamela. Yeah. Yes. And he, ends up like having a, a complete nightmare. Like during the sex scene, Santa comes in yep. and stabs him and he's yep. in the corner, basically, you know, crying, you know, crying game, like, you know, just sitting there, like can't even handling it. But yeah, somehow, yeah, they just kind of gloss over that whole, that whole scene of him trying to get into that thing. He's just like told to get into it. And then next thing you know, he's in that thing and sitting down with children on his lap. It's really Literally interacting with kids, which yeah. is man. And that he does. So, like, oh, like Robert Jesus. Brian Wilson does try to sell it a little bit. Like I said, he, when he acts in this thing, he really just plays down. Like he's not really overacting <laughs> in this thing. He's, he's underacting. He's just like telling the kid is like, you gotta be good. Like, don't be naughty. You know, you'll get punished, blah, blah, blah. And these kids are right. like crying about it while everybody else around him is like, Oh, look how good he is with the kids. <laughs> you know, it's really stupid. But they get through. This is this is one part that I do love though. So you get to the end of the night, right? And Ira's going to the door. He's locking it up, and you know this like they've established it's Christmas Eve, right? And like the first thing he thinks of is like, "Wow, we're done for the night. We're like Christmas season is over. Let's get shit faced." <laughs> Like, right, yeah, that's a hell of a toy store, man. Yeah, like, and if you notice, man, his store is still full of toys. It's not like it's empty, so I don't know how much he actually sold during the season. Right, like, I think they had a pretty bad night, it seems. Yeah, yeah, they, like, but he's all happy about it. Like, and, like, it's like none of these people have families to go home to on Christmas Eve. No, and everybody's pulling out just bottles of boost from everywhere, yeah. bags of chips. Like, nobody's going home. Everybody yeah. just wants to stay and party with Ira. Like, Which is all... Is it's, places it's, to me. Yeah. it's so weird. Like, yeah, I've worked at places where they've had Christmas parties and stuff like that, but it's never on Christmas Eve. Like, they don't have that. Like, that is right. a holiday, actually, where people go home and say, well, especially if they have kids, they're like, okay, we got to get home and, you know, get stuff ready. <laughs> for sure but, but no I mean, they if Ira's throwing down you know what i mean you, you're gonna stick around a party yeah and ira like he gives billy some some alcohol like this whole thing like billy's like constantly like no i don't drink i just drink milk but i guess he he, he puts down a Drinking's couple naughty he, he actually says it's naughty yeah. yeah and then ira everybody's drinking it up and then andy is getting real chummy with uh uh, what's what's the lady's name again? Pamela. Pamela. You know, they're in the back, which I, I thought this was really weird because I thought they were setting up that Pamela was really into Billy. But I guess not. I guess she's just like, or hey. Or maybe she was just being nice and Billy was misinterpreting. Or, good you know, point. maybe Andy was just over. Like, you, you don't know. Like, all we know is, like, you know, they... They ended up alone together, and then Andy attacked her, and Billy witnessed it, and that's literally the moment where he just fucking snaps. And you, I mean, you, you're saying attack. Well, let, let's get into this. Like, this is where this this movie, like, I have a hard time understanding what they're trying to do with this. Like, I, I get it if, if they're just trying to say, okay, yeah, sex and violence, sex and violence, sex and violence is going to create punishment. But why does Andy take this girl back? Like, they're making out. She's clearly into Andy, but Andy has to take her back, and he literally, like, starts raping her. Like, he's holding her down. He's ripping her clothes. Just, like, totally yeah, just... fucking like, attacking. And yeah. you're just, like... 
Like, this does not fit into what an 80s horror film is supposed to be. Like, I get it. If you want to put TNA into a film, do it. You could have had them go back there undressing each other and really doing the stuff they're not supposed to be doing, right? The horror movie tropes. But no. They already established that earlier, like with the setup in the nunnery where he witnessed two people, you know, being amorous. Yeah. And it's, it's so weird, but yeah, cause like this, apparently this is what's supposed to set Billy off because Billy then has the flashback of his mom being raped and killed at the same, in the same manner. So he goes off, like you said, ends up like taking Christmas lights, wrapping around Andy's head. Michael and Myers feet of strength with one arm, just like he does with, with the character in the first Halloween, like holds yep. him up there against the wall and just hangs him. And then, which this is the part that doesn't make total sense to me. Like, I get it if Pamela is a little freaked out that she just watched him kill a man. For but, sure. But he just Pretty killed her rapist. <laughs> you know? You feel like she would have some mixed emotions, but she doesn't. She's just like, you are nuts. You are crazy. And Billy, because he's so out of it now, he's just gone. He's like, nope, you got to be punished. You were having <clears> sex. <throat> and just proceeds to gut this lady takes a takes a box cutter and just whack, up the, I mean it's just gruesome it's just like you feel the pain yeah, for sure ooh and then yeah so then Ira like he hears some ruckus in the back he doesn't know what it is he goes back into the back to kind of investigate and well Billy's got a surprise for him too cuz he just impales the claw end of a hammer into his head just ooh just yep just brutal and at the same time, we see we see Billy take an axe off the wall, and he like I don't know why he got the axe early because he never uses it in the damn like first part of this killing spree. No, he just carries it around with him a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not until later he really on that it use kind it of until becomes. later on. Yeah, when he, when he starts hitting the town, basically. Yeah, but he ends up yeah killing Ira, and then mm-hmm. finally he goes out and the last lady, which I don't remember her name in this one. She's one of the store clerks as well. I couldn't tell if she was like Ira's wife or whatever she was, but she gets freaked out. She's trying to get away from him. And then Billy just shoots her with a bow and arrow. Like, yep. I mean, he's very, very Jason like in this thing where he's getting creative with some of his kills. Like I kind of forgot For sure. in quotes. Like he's not real creative, but he's, he's not just doing the same thing, right? He's not impaling or, or just stabbing people. Nope. Nope. He's mixing it up. Yeah. So here's where the, the killing spree begins, I guess. Like now he's, He's Jason, or or I guess a better one is Michael Myers, right? He's Michael Myers, been set loose in Haddonfield, except whatever yep. whatever town he's in here in Utah, he's just like, I'm leaving, and they and mind don't... you too, like you know, he he kills four people in in, a, in about three minutes, so he makes up a lot of ground for lack of quote action. And are like these the, the, are know, these the people we actually see him kill, right? Because apparently yeah. apparently there's like they they're talking on the radio that he's killed other people too in in between. Oh really? Yeah, I, I I could have been I could be misinterpreting that because I thought I heard that over the police radio that he had killed that, but maybe maybe they're talking about the people he's already killed. I don't know. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is where we get to the uh, the first kill, and is this the 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 house that he goes to first? Is that the yep. first kill? Okay. With the most famous person in the movie. Yes, very much yeah. so. So yeah, yeah. we're we're like, here okay, throughout this movie. Like I had feelings to where. It's you're not gonna okay like there was a every every bit of nudity in this movie was unexpected like seeing the the killer's ass crack at some point like during his little sexy dream was weird because yes. dude straight up like we almost see taint 
Like there's a Very lot of much. butt there. Very like much. just when you think there can't be more nudity or something really out of left field, they do it again. And this upcoming scene here is is one of those examples uh, of both. Actually, it's both really weird and there's nudity. Yeah, well, so, this one this one feels like it's actual horror movie material it, it though. It actually fit the horror movie. Yeah, it, it did. Yeah. It and there's a there's a reason why and we'll say it now because the person even the, though technically like does it actually fit like the thing though because these are just two people in their own home technically right or is this well, a babysitter situation I don't know I took this as a babysitter thing like ah, like parents okay. are away much like in Halloween you know the parents are away at a Halloween mm, party or whatever like what I is, feel okay. like I feel like you know our quote unquote star here Linnea Quigley if you don't know her um, look up her her film like she's probably most famous. Um, for Return of the Living Dead, uh, you know, where she's dancing naked on, in the graveyard. But we also re- have reviewed another movie she's in, Night of the Demons. Um, Night of the Demons. <laughs> yes, yep. Not a great one. But she is a she's a scream queen from the 80s. For who, sure. Who shows her tits and everything. I think it's in her contract where she just like, like they say, well, we're hiring you for this. So you have to do this, but we'll pay you so much for each tit you show. <laughs> because she's also she also shows her tits in like... Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, she's actually in that too, as uh, one of those uh, creatures that, or one of those souls that were trapped in Freddy's body that were pressing through really? that plastic. Do you remember that scene where they're pressing through the... I do. Yeah, she she's the one whose who's tits are clearly visible. Who really pushes that. through. Yes. No shit. Yep. So, huh. yeah, she shows up in a lot of horror films, a lot of cheesy B-movies. But, yeah, yeah, arguably she is probably the most famous person in this film uh yeah for sure like as soon as i saw her face i, I was like oh shit there's only a quickly i wonder if like oh yeah yep she's gonna be naked there you go yeah like, <laughs> like you know later. it's coming because yeah they're on top of a pool table which seems very uncomfortable <laughs> but she's she's making I out mean, with her boyfriend for sure yeah yeah she's making I out with her boyfriend like i said I, I take this as the babysitter who invited the boyfriend over uh there's a little kid upstairs and yeah, they're going at it. She's getting naked, but she hears some bell ringing. And in the middle of all this foreplay, she's like, I got to go let the cat in. I forgot. <laughs> Cause I guess she thought the cat had a bell on too and needed to get in. So she opens a door. I mean, it's cold outside. That, that's what a responsible pet owner would do is bring their animal inside if it's too chilly. Well, and they would, cause they'd go to the door topless too. <laughs> like she does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, for sure. She decides to put pants on, but no top. Like, I yep. love that. Yeah, it just wings the door wide open, too. <laughs> yes. And, you know, clearly people can see things from the street because Billy obviously see what's, sees what's going on. I, I'm oh, assuming yeah. that's what sets him off because he sees her there. Um, Maybe. So he sneaks into the house. He, I, I think that Linnea quickly here gets probably the best kill of the film here. It's a good one, but not my favorite. My favorite's still coming up. Okay, okay, yeah, because this is a good one where she's yeah, she basically she, she sees him in there. He just basically picks her up, and you do get a good idea of how big Billy is compared to her. Like she is probably five foot tall. She's I'm tiny. Sure. Yeah, yeah, she's a tiny, mm-hmm. tiny girl. She probably weighs like hundred pounds, but he just like lifts her up essentially with one arm. He's got her yep. pinned against the wall, and then like takes her extended arm across the room and then just proceeds to impale her on mm-hmm. like antlers of a, a stuffed head, a stuffed uh, deer or whatever it is. I don't know what kind of animal a, it was. A buck. Yeah. A buck, yeah. whatever, but impales her. And it's just 
Ooh, it's gruesome it's looking. Yeah, just like because yeah. you you see. I love the I love the special effects on this. You know, you see them coming through her, they're ripping through, and then finally they penetrate, and yeah, she's just left hanging there. It's pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. And yeah. then she proceed. He proceeds to go find the boyfriend who, you know, gets a few good shots in on him, but yeah, he puts up a fight. Yeah, but like like Michael Myers and Jason, you know, you you can get a few of those hits and knock him down, but he just keeps going. And yeah. also, he makes like that Julius fatal mistake. Old, you know, Jason takes Manhattan. You can't box Jason. Yeah. <laughs> He, but the but the guy he makes the fatal mistake like everybody does is like well I hit him once he's down I'm gonna turn my back on him and call somebody right. you know attempt to call yep. the police he calls the operator first and then Billy gets up and just chucks him through a window and those are right out the window right yeah. and then apparently that's <laughs> enough to impale him with large pieces of glass it, it didn't make a lot of sense but. Maybe just the force of him being thrown through the window, it, it splintered as he cracked it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't yeah. do the math on either. I, I'm not a physicist, so yeah. <laughs> I'll leave that be to better minds. Yeah, there's few movies that I will just let things go, and this is one of them because it's like I'm yeah, not going to try to explain how this happened. So, yeah. Kills that, but I do – the one thing that was weird about this – and did, did you think he was going to kill the little child in this thing? Did you think they would it go there? It was 50 I yeah. was really 50-50. I didn't know, like, based upon how he was acting. Like, I really didn't. Because up until this point, I would have, any other horror movie, I'd have said, no, absolutely not. But this one, because it crossed every line. Yes. You know what I mean? It was like, I just didn't know. I had no idea. That's my opinion example. exactly. That's the way I thought the first time I saw it. I was, like, yeah. I was like, they are not going there. They are not going to let him kill this child. But no, he just, like, does the whole thing with the child and says, have you been naughty or ni- nice? And she's like, oh, yeah, I've been nice. I've been good. And he's like, you sure? Yep. And so she's like, yep. So he's like, like he shows you that, yeah, he's he's crazy, but he's not totally mental that he would cross a line. But he's got a moral compass, right? Yeah, there. because, you know, he doesn't, yeah. like, I feel like in other horror movies, like if, you know, anything involving Santa, Santa would deem everybody evil, right? It's like that whole Futurama thing, you know? Santa, the robotic Santa comes around. If you haven't seen Futurama's episode of Christmas or Xmas, you know, Santa just judges everybody evil. So he kills everybody who's out. <laughs> you know, that's what I kind of figured this movie would be. He's like, you know, he's so right. crazy. Everybody's evil. So he's going to kill him. But no, right. he deems this, this child good. And as a gift, she gets the box cutter that he, you know, gutted uh, Pamela with. <laughs> yeah, super dark. Yes. So then he proceeds to this. This is where the movie gets really weird. Like, I don't understand how it goes from the kill at the house to a couple of teenagers who are out and about trying to sled in the middle of the night. They're just night sledding, sledding at night. In one of the most well lit mountainsides or hillsides I've ever seen. For real. Like, yeah. So these two guys are sledding. And not only it gets a little weirder because then two bullies show up and accost them and rob them of their dope sleds. Okay, now I want to ask you this. Did you not get like a Christmas story feel to this? Like a Scott Farkas yep. showing up, being the bully, trying to take it? Like, I'm wondering once again, because I, I believe Christmas Story came out, what, in 82 or something like that? I, I really have to look Was at the date. It, it feels like it, maybe not. Maybe it came out later, but I'm, I'm looking it up. But it feels like they... 83. They, Okay, yeah, I feel like they cribbed that from from a Christmas story too. I, I feel it, like it they felt very it. similar. Like it, it was evocative for sure. Yeah, like these two guys, they're like so bullish. They're like, "Hey, I'm gonna come and take your sled." 
Yeah. These are teenagers. We're all adults. Like, oh, <laughs> yes. the, the, the teenagers, my ass. All these dudes are older than fuck. Well, true. Like, yeah. You know like, I mean? They're all like, they're, it's like, it's like the Beverly Hills 90210 teenagers, right? Like, like yeah, you know, yeah, we're supposed right. to be 17 year old, but we're, we're really 28. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no shit. Well, yeah, he ends up, <laughs> ends up beating a kid up for his, or both the kids up for the sleighs. And then they're like, yep. okay, I'm going down the hill. And so is this is this then, the kill that then, you love? And then these guys seemingly have a great time. They're actually laughing and having fun while sledding. Yes. And then before Billy shows up on them, and uh, like I, I I saw the kill coming. Like as these guys are sledding, I, I saw it play out in my head before it even happened. Yes. But when it happened, I smiled so much when it did because literally like the the one guy's sledding and he gets done with his sweet run. So he's, 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 he's the bully to come up. Yeah. yeah, he's waiting on his on his his friend to come up, and as the guy's sliding, Billy literally pops out of nowhere, yells "naughty," swings his axe, and then, as you would expect, body keeps kind of sledboarding, and then here comes the head, just toppling yeah. down on the snow, fucking rolling behind it. Like once it again, was, I, that part I liked. I, yeah, he was literally just like "naughty" and whack, and that was it. And I, it was like Jaws the shark. I kind of smiled at that point. I, that, yeah, I appreciated that one a bit. Like this is not. It was okay. This is definitely not Tom Savini work in the '80s, you know. But the special <laughs> effects—they're charming in this thing. Like I like that 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 body with yeah. no head on it just rolling down. Yeah, I yeah. absolutely love that. It's 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 clever, but I yeah, and I yeah, love that. That part, that part got me. That was and a good one. And the kill is so quick because he does. He jumps out. He's like real quickly, naughty, whack. <laughs> like that. yeah, it's like a split second, and you blink and you're gonna miss it. Like yeah. it's over and done. Yeah. Billy's got a, like he's 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 got aim like that. Uh, that thief had your that, that, that first guy that with burglar. The yeah, 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 just he's just got he's perfect, dead on balls accurate with that axe and just mm-hmm. whacks him. Yeah, and then and then shows up and kills the other kid too. Apparently, right? It kind of kind of kills that one off yeah, screen. I, I don't I think they remember. ever show that though. Yeah, I think that one's all off screen. I assume. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and we're supposed to like I, I get to that. Did you understand what Billy was doing here, like? I, it wasn't until I watched it for the second time that I realized that I think Billy, his whole goal was to get back to the orphanage, no matter what, to exact the ultimate revenge on Mother Superior. But it's I like, didn't understand that until they caught up with this with this unexpected cop detective out of nowhere, who they introduced like he was a thing already. Yeah, th- th- this <laughs> like movie does that a lot. Act. We we get a we get a knowing detective. It's like we got to go catch this kid. He's going back to the orphanage. It's like what the fuck? I was like, was this dude solving the crime the whole time? And we just didn't see it. Like, exactly. Like, what is this? Because yeah, Sister Margaret is like like she knows like something's up because she she goes and discovers the bodies at Ira's, and then she right. tells the cops. That, yeah, like this happened because what's funny is like Sister Margaret's like the only person with a brain in this in this whole film. Like she's the only one who understands that, you know, oh, she got word that you made him dress up in a Santa suit. I better go over there and check and see if if Billy's okay. If he's okay. Yeah, Yeah. unfortunately, she's a little late to the party. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so she goes ends up telling the cops she falls asleep at the cops. Like, well, the cops, like, I don't, yeah, I don't understand what, how the cops are investigating this stuff. Uh, but I, it apparently though, the cops, <laughs> their solution though, to this is you be on the lookout and use deadly force if necessary on anybody dressed as a Santa walking through town. Right. Only to instantly break it. So, so what they do is as, uh, okay. Okay. If, if I were to ask you going into a movie about Santa Claus, <laughs> with, about a horror movie dressed as, uh, you know, with, with a killer dressed as Santa Claus, uh, what the over-under is on number of children who watch a Santa Claus get blown away in a horror movie. <laughs> if I were to give you the number three, 
you know, w- would you go less? Probably most reasonable people would say would say less. Yeah, I take uh, the this under. Movie, however, you would be yeah under for sure all day. Uh, although you would definitely lose your money because this movie, so many children see so many Santas get blown away. It is ridiculous. It's weird. Yeah, and, like the cops are. And the very next kill we see, like this is the next kill we see. Right? Th- is this? Uh, is this priest, right? Wasn't he? Well, well, first off, we, like, you get the first taste of what's going to happen, right? The cops show up at this random house because they see a Santa Claus climbing God, through somebody's it. window, and it happens yep, to be the yep, kid's yep. father, but they're like bust in, <laughs> right. guns drawn, about to blow the guy away. <laughs> no, it doesn't happen. Yeah. But yeah. Like, oh, dad, oh, I guess that's not Santa. They just excuse themselves and leave. Yeah, so then we, yeah, we do get to the the orphanage, the cop, one cop is who's been advised. Yeah. Be on the lookout and use right. deadly Anybody force. If like necessary. Santa on Christmas day, take him down. Yeah. He's so nuts. Cause he shows up at the, at the uh, orphanage, sees this guy walking across the ground, you know, kids mm-hmm. are out there playing and he's going to the Santa's going to talk to the kids and the cop just rolls up and blows him away. Man. It's, it's just very like Halloween too. Right. When, when Loomis and the cops just unload on that one guy or whatever. Yes. It's, yeah. it's like, it's almost like it's so riff tracks worthy. Like I can yeah. hear Mike Nelson or any other of the gang saying, you know, they would make the joke of like the cop rolls up and says like, boom, 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 freeze. freeze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like that's the way it was, <laughs> you know? Yeah. He gets out of the car and he's already three shots in. Like this dude was not fucking around. No. Like, you know what I mean? Didn't yeah. investigate. Didn't see what was going on. Just like, nope. you know what? Yeah. I'm going to go completely LAPD in the eighties and just blow somebody away. It's yep. absolutely nuts. And then this is, this, I get a chuckle every time I've seen and, this movie. So we're still at the orphanage here and there's, there's a cop. There's only one cop at the orphanage investigating, even though like, you know, the, I think the, after the priest got blown away, did the mother superior shun the rest of the cops? Is that why there was only one sheriff no. there at the time? He calls up for backup and they're like, you stay there and guard the kids. Don't let anybody in, you know? So right. he, and he's explaining himself to mother superior and mother superior is like admonishing him. He's like, like, yeah, I'm sure you are. Sorry. You're the only one bringing violence here. Like she, She's such, uh, oh man, she's just a terrible person. But she's I want to fake none. You can use the word bitch. It's fine. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I want to I take a step back because I was going to say, I, I laugh every time I hear this part of the movie. Like they're hit, like the detective and Sister Margaret are riding in the car. They they hear oh over God. the radio. They're like, oh, we got a problem here. It's like, like yeah, the, the Santa they shot at the, uh, at the, uh, the at orphanage. The yeah. yeah. He, uh, he's, uh, not quite as tall as the guy. And he's, by the way, he's like 70 years old and sister right. Margaret's just like, Oh my God, it's father, you know, such and such. And father he's like, Brian. yeah. And then she's like, she's like, he dresses up as Santa every year and comes to visit the kids. And then they're like, like, yeah, he didn't, uh, acknowledge, you know, any commands to stop or, or didn't get any space. And then, and then sister Margaret once again, puts a little more in there. She's like, well, how would he, he's deaf. <laughs> Oh my God. What? It's just, it's so nuts. And then, and then if you think oh. about it, you know, what good does a deaf Santa do? Like, isn't the whole purpose of Santa supposed to be able to listen to kids and find out what they want you for would Christmas? Think. <laughs> like, yeah. what good does a deaf Santa do? Once again, oh my God, on Christmas morning too, which I just, I, I, I laugh so hard every time I watch that scene. Cause it's just like, it's, it's, it's comical to a point at that, like, you feel like, like they were just actually making fun of themselves at this point. Oh yeah. The movie, it, it is so off the rails at this point. It, like nothing, there's nothing surprising anymore. Like anything you see, it's like makes complete sense. I'm not going to question it. Let's go. Yeah. So we cut back to where this, yeah, this inept cop who blows away father O'Brien. Oh, and my then, gosh. and then, yeah, after, you know, 
Mother Superior's done just making him feel like an idiot. He's like, okay, yeah. well, I'm going to go out and uh, look around and make sure nobody's out there. So he does the typical cop thing. Like I've seen it, you know, a million times in Friday the 13th or anything else. Mm-hmm. He's walking around investigating. The killer gets the jump on him, rams the axe right into his throat or into his chest, and he's dead. Yep. <laughs> and then for some odd reason, I don't know why, but like, yeah, we get this great shot of the axe like dripping blood, and then for some reason, Billy just wants to cut the head off a snowman. I, I don't really understand why that's put in there, but I think you know it, it's like a thing. Like if you see a, if you touch a basketball goal, you know what I mean. You, you're gonna try to jump and just touch it once, like you, just for like an extra pump, like a woo, like, <laughs> just true. that happy. Like he, he just got done like for a good moment, and he's like, I'm gonna fuck this snowman. Bah! Yeah, just, I mean it's kind of thing. Good. Yeah, I guess if you have a baseball bat or any kind of stick, you're gonna try to knock somebody's yeah. snowman down. Okay, I'll get that. Yeah, exactly. Billy, Billy's you're trying to by, work. You're walking by the Rocky statue. You're gonna throw a jab and duck under, like you know what I mean, That's shit right. like that. <laughs> or just, just a fun. big rock. All fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so now we're we're basically at the climax of the film, and this is this climax is I'm all so exhausted sorts of bonkers, at this point. Really. It has only been like eighty minutes. Like I'm so worn out by this movie already. Yeah, you know like you're I mean? you're kind of expecting. Ugh. Okay, this this is we're building up to the big finale, right? The horror movies always yeah. do this, right? You're gonna have the final showdown with if they did this properly, they would have had an actual victim who we get to see through their eyes throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. But you don't have or that. maybe like in a weird twist, have it been Mother Superior that does them in or something strange. Like, you know something. what I mean? Just something. Or maybe something thematic. Or yeah. better yet, Mother Superior should get her comeuppance here. Yeah. But and she the doesn't. Other, the sister Margaret's the one that has to kill him. Yeah. Ooh, so there we go. Like something, anything. The kid, one of the orphans, mm-hmm. Ricky. I mean, his brother. Yeah. His something. brother. There's so many ways they could have actually done this, but it feels like they, this feels like one of those situations where they ran out of money and had to just film a ending and just tack it on. Been, uh, grandpa coming in from out of nowhere, blowing Billy away and being like naughty. And then he drops <laughs> the gun and just walks out. Kind of like the way they finished like the Lost Boys or something where Grandpa yeah, exactly, just shows yeah. up. Yes. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? There's like some dope cowboy shit behind him playing. That would have been the way the end of the movie. That would have been perfect. That like, have been it. There's so many other better ways, but no, all they have yeah. is this kid lets Billy in. He's going yep. to get the final kill on Mother Superior, which once again, I stand mm-hmm. by. She deserves some sort of come up and here. She probably had it coming, yeah. And before he can get that axe thrown down on her, the detective shows up and puts, what, three rounds into the back of uh, Billy? And he's also dressed like Santa in front of a bunch of children. Yes. Once again, yeah, yeah. these kids, not only, yeah, not once, but twice got yeah, to see. Yeah, some of those kids more than once because they saw the one happen outside to poor Father O'Brien. And the old, the way that they're, like, distracting them, like, she, Mother Superior has them in there singing Christmas carols. <laughs> and I don't know if you noticed that because I didn't catch it until I watched oh. it on this one. But if you don't, if you haven't noticed it, you almost have to go back to listen to it. Like, these kids oh, are singing. It. But this this uh-huh. singing that's being done is clearly overdubbed by an actual like church choir singing Christmas oh, it carols. Really? It's so oh, like pristine man. and like you can tell like there's so many more kids that are singing these songs and these kids in this little right. niche. It's so funny, but I love it. Yeah, it's it's funny, but yeah. So he kills him, and this is where Billy gets his this last line with his last his dying breath. He's like he looks at the kids and says. You know, you guys are safe now. Uh, yeah, Santa is finally dead. And then we get the what setup. What a weird line to fucking, just to end on. It, it is. Like I said, this this ending is just poorly done. It doesn't fit. 
well, you know, this isn't even like the ending. Like, the, like we get one final scare moment, but not from the actual killer himself, right? Like, this is where we get the uh, we get Ricky, the little brother. Yeah, yeah, because Ricky, and, uh, Ricky, and, and looks they had shown it. Ricky a couple of times. So by now, Ricky's a little older. He's Billy's little brother. He also, like, in a very kind of Dexter way, uh, you know, witnessed all the crimes. And, you know, uh, he's very clearly set up as the uh, a future potential murderer because he's literally staring actual daggers at Mother Superior. And he says naughty, like, yeah. you know, in a very kind of chilling way to to send us out. Yeah, I think they're supposed to be trying to tell us that, like, the this uh, psychosis is just runs in the family. Grandpa was psychotic. Billy's psychotic. So Ricky's going to be psychotic, right. too, right? It skips so the generation. I got a question. Is... You know, I, you can go and spoil the future the future sequels for me. That's fine. Is is the little brother the, the killer in the sequel? Yes, in part two. So Ricky is the is the focal point of part two. So if you wow. haven't seen part two, like uh, I, I, I can t- I can tell you this, you you have basically seen part two because more than half of that movie is just flashbacks to this movie. <laughs> so. Oh, really? That is why the writers of this film are credited on the sequel. It's not like they contributed to the second part of it. It's just that there's so much of that movie they had to give them credit. It's, yeah, the movie is so dumb. It's just, it's Ricky basically in a mental institution. Like, Ricky gets out of the insane asylum, right? He goes to live with a Jewish family, so he never has to experience Christmas growing up. But it's not Uh till he gets older that, like, his psychosis comes out. But the movie's kind of told through flashback where Ricky is in a in a psych ward. He's being interviewed by a psychologist and he's he they're doing all these flashbacks. And Ricky is he is the way he is because Billy told him all this stuff that happened and the way his brother was. It just it just set him off. And it's just like him doing flashbacks and then him flashbacks to him killing people. It's a ninety. It's less than ninety minutes. The movie's mostly flashbacks. Mostly flashbacks. Jesus. Like I told you. Oh, hey, I got. Not to interrupt but about the sequel, but I'll, I'll come back to it. Go ahead about the sequel. Like, what, so, what was it? Well, that's about it. I mean, it's just him, and then he finishes off with this nice montage. And if you, I, I guess this meme isn't as popular as I thought it was, but it's called the Garbage uh-huh. Day meme. Meme. If you haven't, if you I'm haven't seen it, up. just look it up or watch it on YouTube. It's it's basically just uh, the main actor in this movie who. <laughs> like you have to watch this movie just for the for the main actor uh his acting chops like he acts so over the top unlike billy in this film ricky in that film is so over the top like his eyebrows just like they go all over he's like he just exaggerates <laughs> what everything the fuck? but that's no i just saw the garbage day thing that okay. is out of control yeah it's 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 that's like a, some samurai cop level bullshit right yeah there. it's it's a whole it was a whole thing i guess i i, I didn't know it until later but yeah if oh, you haven't man, seen I'm it i'm never gonna forget it now you, you oh, should shit. almost just just watch it just to like like you could fast forward through all the cut the 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 you know flashback stuff Flashbacks and you probably only shit, have about yeah. 30 minutes of film you'd actually have to watch good lord you no, know they did not but it's it's worth it to see the actor who plays ricky in that film and then just you know some of the kills because that some of the kills are kind of inventive they're 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 off the walls kind of inventive um yeah but yeah it's it's not required watching there was a third and a fourth one i've never seen them i'm never going to watch them <laughs> And then, like I said, there's that that uh, reboot that they did, which, once again, I, I don't think I'll ever watch that again unless somebody out there wants us to do a, a review of that. But Oh, only if it's for free. I'm, I, I paid for this one. I'm not paying for the next one. Well, yeah. Like, there's just no way. I'm sure you could probably <laughs> oh, find it for man. free out there somewhere on YouTube. If I dug hard enough, I'm sure I could. I, I, I have a question for you about the plot. I don't know if it was ever actually covered in the movie. How did Billy and his brother survive 
the the serial killer? Did the cops show up and blow him away, or like was that ever covered? Because the last thing we had ever saw is that the killer's literally stalking Billy in the woods, and then we just smashed him in the in the orphanage. Like there's yeah. no mention of how the killer was was subdued, if he was arrested, if he's still alive, nothing. Like is that ever covered at all? Yeah, they don't address it, and they don't. Okay. So once again, I, I'm wondering if they that's def- a pretty big big plot hole hanging yeah. out there. I, well, I feel like the, if, the, if the filmmakers want to do it, like, are they trying to leave it as a mystery and say, okay, who's the killer? Well, maybe it's going to be this guy and he's going to escape from the insane asylum or something, right? We'll just, we'll meet him later. That'd be I, different if they set it up as like an unknown identity, but they we they told us it was Billy from straight up. Like, it, yeah. Uh, man. Yeah, it's 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 poorly man. done. Yeah, that that's, that's a big yeah. plot hole that was just kind of dropped. Like, yeah. yeah. We, we have to assume that Billy just hid so well that the guy just gave up. He couldn't find him. He had to get away, right? Fair. Leave the crime scene before the he cops get there. Off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he went back to go. He's living in an apartment somewhere with Grandpa. They're, you know, yes. they're roommate murderers. Some kind of a fucking terrible sequel somewhere in an alternate universe. So as we get to the end of this thing here, um, you, so this was the first time you'd seen this. I mean, so what, what was your final yep. thoughts on this thing? So you, I, it sounds like you were having a hard time with this one. Oh, yeah. I struggled to get through this one, man. I had a lot of issues. I'm surprised. Yeah, I thought you would really like this more. But I I understand where you would come from on that, because as we discussed, the first it's a hard watch. It's hard to watch because, number one, there are some tough scenes in this thing. There are some visceral scenes in this thing, which normally I will criticize it for. I'm going to give a little bit of criticism, but not as much of like as I would Rob Zombie or stuff like that. But. Because at I, least these were only like, you know, they were over with fairly, I don't know, I, not to defend them. Like, it was just, yeah, I don't know. Like, to, to start your movie out like that, it, yeah, it's like watching fucking, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses or something. It's like, what the fuck am I seeing here? Yeah. And I, and like yeah. I said, I give it some credit because it tried to be different than all the other schlock that was coming out at the same time. Right? It, yeah. So you give them some credit. It just doesn't work. I I really wonder, no. like what could have been done if this was, was put in the hands of like a really good director, like Toby Hooper or right. I mean, hell even Wes Craven, if he wanted to do something like this, you know, I just, I, I wonder if somebody else could have done something a little better, a better screenwriter and stuff like that. But you know, it is. Cause I also wonder, as I said earlier, I wonder what this movie would be today. If, if this movie was just allowed to stay in theaters, would it be one of those movies we talk a lot more about as far as, 80s horror films like we talk about Freddy we talk about Jason we talk about Michael we don't talk about Billy because this is a forgotten uh, horror film it's not really a Christmas film in a sense um, it's more of horror but yeah I just I it, it's it's what if you know I'm glad that this thing does have a, a a resurgence now like I said I the first time I saw it yeah I was kind of like I was like oh this is weird Watching it again, I, I've seen it at least three times. So, like, I I have a little bit of appreciation now for what they were trying to do and what I get. Because I, I think it's a decent film. It's not great. It's certainly not the best of all the horror films that I'm out there. It's certainly not the best Christmas film I'm ever going to watch. Um, but this is, I give this one, like, I would say, if you haven't seen it, you should see it. If you, Especially if you're a horror completionist. Go see it. It's it's something a little different than what would you get from the standard eighty stuff, but you know, there there's there's some flaws to it, but hey. Yeah. I mean bare minute, if you want to see Linnea Quigley again, watch this one too if you if you love seeing her films. <laughs> I don't even know if that's worth the punch around this one. Like I I I think for like we definitely took a hit for a lot of you out there. If you don't want to watch this one, you, 
you don't really have to because yeah, holy I mean, shit everything's spoiled it's for you now easy. but uh yeah i i would tell you this Aaron. I, I i would say that you i think if you went back and watched this one more time you might have you might see it through different eyes next time because once you get over the initial shock, yeah, like the shock value, of it, you yeah. know, you know what you watch and now you can start looking at it even more critically and see, okay, what are they trying to do and where are they failing spectacularly at? <laughs> Cause you, right. that stuff does, does stand out amazingly apparent when you, when you watch it again for a uh, second or third time. Right. <laughs> but uh, conversely, some of the good things on there that you really love or or didn't think you loved before, you might have a little different appreciation for it this time. Fair enough. I think for now, though, I'm uh, I'm definitely looking forward to our next movie. Yeah, you <laughs> want to go you wanna, and announce this one? You want to change up the uh, the theme a little bit here? <laughs> oh, I do. Well, like, we're definitely staying in the holiday yes. zone with this one, and uh, it's I. Uh, another horror movie to where or not even horror movie i'm sorry no. it's a christmas movie to where yeah. it has a, a a director i guess you wouldn't expect to have done a christmas movie but it's one that has more than to the test of time even though the star is proven to be problematic uh, throughout <laughs> his career uh 1988 scrooge starring bill murray uh yeah christmas classic so it'll be uh it'll be good to get something uh with some pockets of heavy but mostly comedy as opposed to you know what we just experienced with yeah. Silent Night, Deadly Night. This is going to be, yeah, a, a film that I, I, I will personally, I've spoiled my review already. Like, I love this film. Um, I can't yeah. wait to, I know we, we've discussed this a couple of years ago now, and we didn't really get into a deep discussion on this. We, this has come right. up in previous shows, but I'm, I'm glad that we're going to sit down and actually do like a full on sit down, watch and review of this film, because this is one of those films that is just like I, I feel it's it's like a must watch for the holiday season. Um, oh yeah, it's it's and, it's and, that and the cast good. alone too. I mean, Alfred Woodward, uh, Woodward, uh, Carol Kane, Robert Mitchum, Bobcat Goldthwaite. I mean, Karen Allen. Just name after so name after name. This. Yes. Just huge. Yeah. 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 So this is going to be a really good one. I I know you're excited about. It. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I hope you all join us uh, next week when we discuss you know Bill Murray and Scrooge. Scrooge. It's going to be good. Yeah. So I, I, real quick, but before we get off here, are you, have you started Loki yet or are you still holding off on that one? I'm still, I've still haven't started it yet. I will be getting to it very soon and we'll be able to discuss that because yeah, we have I, some Marvel to catch up on. Maybe we could do uh invincible, uh, new season of invincible and Loki together. Oh, that's right. Yes. I completely forgot. Yes. We have another, mo- another TV season show. Three of invincible has just been, oh, man. I'm so excited. Are, are, are you up on that one right now? I started, I started one episode of it. So I'm, I'm starting okay. to, oh. when, when, man, I'm so, I, there's a, a moment coming up. Like, cause I've read every issue of this comic, like, Oh about, yes, that's right. Few I, comics I that, that, that yeah. I've read to completion. Like, you know what I mean? Cause a lot of comics just don't fucking end, but this is one that did. <laughs> it had almost 200 issues. Like it was ridiculous, but there's a moment coming up like in, in the very next episode, episode three, that I'm so jealous. That you're going to be able to get to experience like without like having an expectation of the comic. Like it's, I can't wait to talk about it. It's oh phenomenal. man. I can't, I can't even believe yeah. it. Cause this, this show, like even going back to season one, like there's yeah. there's so much that happens in there that it's just like you can't believe that this is happening. <laughs> that yeah, it's yeah. Like listeners, if you haven't watched that, do yourself a favor and start watching that show. Um, or it, I'm sure Aaron, you probably recommend the the comics to people. But this but the show, down, yeah. the animated show, is just awesome. Especially if you're a Marvel fan, you will love that that show. It's 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 terrific. Highly recommend. If you want that, like so. it, like like it's some more kind of real world takes on superheroes and just like it's just man, 
it's something else. Good. It's something like, I don't want to so spoil much it. like the boy sort of real world, but I mean, it's it's grittier, I guess, than uh, but not like a DC dour gritty. It's just it, it's unlike anything you've experienced so far at this point. If you're you know have been experiencing all the superhero shows and movies and everything else. Yeah, if it for what it's worth, when I first saw it. It completely blew me away because it was nothing that I expected. It, it just turned my it turned myself on its head, and I was like, "I'm," but I'm, I was hooked. So it's you're not an animation guy either. No, that's that's what was surprised yeah. me about that show was like, but it, it drew me in with everything that was happening in it. So yeah, that's why I'm so yeah. excited for this next season of it. Yeah, it's been pretty great so far. It's only gonna get better. But everybody, uh, thank you very much for checking out the show. Uh, on behalf of Brian and Mary, we'll talk to you guys later. Peace.